I'm Harry Khan. This is episode 39 of Lead Tackle. Thank you for joining us. Bit of a somber show. Uh, truth is, fans, followers, listeners, everybody out there, this is our second last show. But thankfully, I've got my two mates on the couch to share in the sorrow. Morgan Newman, hello. How's it, Harry? Worms and Sale, hello. hello Harry. Welcome How are you, back. boys? Yeah, thank you. Bit of, a, bit of a somber moment for us, I think. We've had a lot of fun on the show. But after four seasons, it's coming to an end. Who knows? Maybe in a couple of months' time, a couple of weeks' time. Who knows? We could be back on air. But for now, we've got two more episodes. We have a bit of fun. We've got a cool guest. We're going to dial into Stephen Donald in a little bit. Beaver. Uh, the legendary Beaver, yeah. The legendary all-black fly-off. He's got some great stories, I'm sure. But Morgan, before we crack on, I mean, obviously, I had a lovely weekend in Pretoria. I'll get into that a little bit later. But you know there's a, that saying, what you shouldn't get a boy to do a man's job or whatever it is. Yeah. So they, they also say... Don't get Morgan Newman to do your job, but you can get Harvey Khan to do your job. So I've got Debatable, a, yeah. a delivery from Egan Seconds. Um, excuse the bag. Sorry, I didn't actually mean that. But if you look in there, you just maybe what have we got in the bag? Oh! oh. <laughs> Delivered to there my house. There we go. There you <laughs> go. How good is that? Yeah. How lacquer is that? So I think, we'll, later, I think you should put it on. Thank <laughs> me later, guys. I think we need to make a plan of that maybe in the next two weeks. We'll can, think we, of um, can, we, can we do a reenactment of the ads? <laughs> Look, I saw the one of the Yoko paper the other day. Okay, we'll leave it here for, the, for today's Absolute show. Absolute classic. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, boys, as, up, um, as you know, yeah. I was in Pretoria. Uh, yeah. Fun week, worked quite hard, went to the game. Um, I bumped into a lot of people. I bumped into some guys in, at, at your second home, the Jolly Roger. Walked in there. Um, what an institution. Sacks and a couple of the guys, they grabbed me, collared me, bought me a beer. They said they love our show. I saw Stefan Branch this morning at the airport. He says he loves our show. So, we're getting some... People so are noticing he's us. He's in such good shape that like, he probably still could be playing. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. I also bumped into Jacques Ninaba at the airport on the way back, and, and they were gutted. Like, quite obviously gutted. I mean, you know, for anybody that, that's not <laughs> on this planet, what a game of rugby, eh? I mean, 32-32, the All Blacks. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and go, are oh, we on the right track, aren't we on the right track? It was a hell of a game of rugby. Good to be part of Amazing Worms. We spoke, because um, we obviously waited a few minutes before we started today because Morgs was a bit late. Uh, but we were talking, <laughs> it was basically the opposite of Wellington, wasn't it? You know, Pogs dominated the possession and the territory, certainly in the first half in particular. It but was, it was. Um, and, and I think, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we would have wanted a better return on investment from that. I mean, we had more than 75% of both possession and territory in the first half. Yeah, okay. So you actually have to say well done to the All Blacks yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for coming, uh, coming in at 6-all. Uh, now, I actually also bumped into Miles Harrison and Stuart Barnes, the, the Sky commentators. They sent a whole crew out to cover this match. And Miles told me that the last time they did this was in 2013 when the All Blacks played the Springboks at Ellis Park. So it's very obvious, and I actually tweeted this weekend, that the world knows we're back now. And I think, yeah, let's look... We didn't win as many as we could have and should have in this rugby championship, Morgs. But, hey, I mean, what do you give us uh, uh, out of 10 maybe for this rugby championship? And I, I think we should go into the game a bit more. We'll chat to Beaver. I'm sure he'll have, give us some insight too. But, but looking on the whole at the rugby championship for the books, Morgs, could you rate us out of 10? Um, like, what's your feeling? Holly, I, I give us a 10 out of 10. Not, not for, you know, not necessarily performance-wise, but just the progress that we've made. We have made... I mean, yes, we, we did badly, you know, we lost to the RGs and then we lost to the Australians and people started to, there started to be a few naysayers and a few doubters and so forth. But all along for me, the, the most refreshing thing about this is that we've seen a plan. I mean, you know, I watched it with a good mate of ours, uh, Joe Peterson, and the big thing about what we knew, there's a line out, you know the contesting policy. There, there's a, I mean, they, they have a line out in a certain area mm -hmm. on the field, you know there's a plan. 
You know, all of a sudden, you looked at the All Blacks and they were actually, I mean, it wasn't just a midfield target, someone coming around the corner. It was mm. potentially a midfield target, somebody, you know, playing black on the blind. Or it was a wide target if they thought they were going to be exposed that wide with maybe two hard runners coming out the middle, back around and we played, you know, wide, wide. There was, we were starting to change up our game. The, the rivalry between the All Blacks and the Springboks is alive and well. And that is, for me, the biggest positive to take out of this whole thing. Mm. Because in the past, let's be brutally honest, you know, Firstly, if you beat the All Blacks, it's always a fluke. It's always like just a one-off test match. And secondly, we don't really believe we can beat them. I mean, we, you know, we always, the All Blacks were just, have all, for the last few years against South Africa, have just been that step ahead. Now, there's no one that can say, that can go out there and say to me that if the test match, if the test match plays, if there was another test match next weekend, there's no one that can categorically say the All Blacks beat us. Mm. And that has been the case for so many years. So for me, that has just been the overwhelming uh, positive to take out of this, you know. Yes, there were some bad results, and we. Uh, but what what we learned is, Springboks can come, can play with intensity now. They can really, really front up. So I don't think the slip up against the Argies and the slip up against Australia will happen again. Hmm. It's a lesson learned there, and going towards is building. I mean, there's still players out there that could potentially add value to the squad. Hmm. You know, well, one or two, but I still like what I see. Worms, what what Morg says now in terms of learning, we also would have learned from this defeat. And the fact that he put on those subs in the last few minutes, yes, it probably wasn't the right move in retrospect. But Emrys Papi's got that experience of seven minutes in a cauldron. Imagine uh, if at the World Cup next year he suddenly has to get... It's all about the World Cup. It's exactly year. right. Uh, I mean, yeah. guys, listen. There was, there's always been a bigger plan. Mm. And after the last two weeks, how much does that loss to Argentina really mean? Now? Mm. I mean, is it a big deal? No, it's not. It means absolutely nothing. Um, and so a fantastic end, a strong end, but let's not, we're far from the finished product. Absolutely. November tour, the, the Irish, the English are waiting for us. Mm. And then a, a whole lot. Another guy from the Springbok setup that I actually bumped into this weekend or, or at the airport on the way back said to me that, you know, we rank five in the world. And there's a reason why we're five in the world. And when we start stopping making these errors that we did in the, in the past mm. weekend, we can challenge again to be number one. I mean, there were simple things like restarts after a try. You know, there was that one restart... Um, in our 22, where I think Flo and Eben or Flo and Petersef both went for the ball. It was a knock-on, and they got a scrum, and they scored from that. So, very important. The All Blacks, they got their restarts right after scoring tries, and, and, and the exit strategy was in, in place and stuff. So, I just never be happy to lose. Yeah, but how you know, the, the funny thing is, think, think of the things we're talking about now. It's the small, like... First world problems. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's first world problems. I, I'm, I'm very happy that we running the All Blacks close... Or let's actually don't say that. We should have beaten the All Blacks, playing at eighty-five percent of our potential, seventy-five mm. percent of our potential, and that is in itself is already. We had to play at one hundred twenty-five percent of our potential to beat the All Blacks years gone by because there wasn't always much of a plan. You know, they, they just I just felt like there was nothing happening really. Mm. I felt like I could play at that level. You look at Saturday, you look at it and you go, these guys are playing at one hundred miles an hour. And there's an actual plan there, you know? Substitution comes on. There's, they, there's no real change to the game. Mm. Yes, I don't believe we should have made those changes, irrespective of World Cup and all that kind of stuff. I don't think it. I think the test match is more important to me than, than, than the vision of the World Cup. But if it was the case, I'm still happy to buy in and support the process. Because, mm -hmm. I, I mean, again, how much don't I eat my words if we play in a World Cup final against New Zealand, potentially? Ambrose Peer or whatever he needs to come on in the last 10 minutes wins the game for us yeah, absolutely. this experience may just evolve absolutely. but and, um, me as a spectator 
I don't think that was the right decision. Don't forget, they, we beat them by Wellington in two points. They beat us by two points. Put those points together and we're Yeah, Ken Reid said it in his aftermatch. Yeah, he said it's, it's actually dead rubber. I mean, yeah. it's actually pretty even on the scoreboard as well. Oh, very much so. Well, should we dial into Beaver? Um, I think There's so, a bit of a time yeah. difference in Japan. I think yeah, he's desperate sure. to get to bed. He's had um, a big game. He's had a bit of a tough week, so I think we'll, we'll ask him what's gone, what's gone wrong there. Great. Playing rugby in extreme temperatures, but let's, let's uh, dial into the man. Beaver. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, it's good afternoon for us, but good evening to you. It's, or it's almost good morning. Sorry, we're keeping you up there. No, no, I'm full of caffeine and gels and everything else. A 34-year-old needs to play rugby these days, so no problem. <laughs> well, welcome to Late Tackle, Beaver. Uh, uh, just a quick intro to Howie and Morgs here next to me on the, on the couch. Uh, how's, it, how's it, Steve? Hi, Beaver. Uh, it's, Good guys. It's, it's customary that we have a few lagers while you, while while we're sitting here chatting to you. So um, don't mind if we do. <laughs> I'm on the yeah. um, I'm on the tonic here. I had a, a heavy weekend in Pretoria watching your boys edge us out at Loftus. Um, so yes. a little bit upset, obviously, but but what an experience it was. I mean, did you manage to catch the game yourself? Yes, quarter this morning before we took off for our game. So yeah, amazing game, really, wasn't it? Yeah, proper proper game of rugby. Tell me, um, oh, Richie Mwanga, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, he came on, what, with about 30 minutes to go, I think, and they moved Bowden out to the wing, and he, he, he made made a big difference in the end. He's kicking, in particular, his general play. Yeah, I mean, he's he's had a great year with the uh, Crusaders. Um, you know, and to be fair, you know, it's it's the Rolls-Royce uh, Ford pack to play behind in Super Rugby, so... <laughs> um, but I think he's he's done he's done now. He's proved that uh, he's more than just that. You know, he's uh, he's come in and probably one of the toughest environments there is in world rugby and uh, and, and done the job. So no, he's got a lot of skill and uh, yeah, it's quite a competitive little position there at the moment. So so no no chance of a comeback yet another comeback for you for the All Blacks, hey Beaver? No. <laughs> uh, look, uh, you'll need to be a few more injuries this time around for me. Uh, <laughs> Beaver, quick one. I mean, you you know. You've had a pretty decorated career. Right now, you're running out for the NEC Green Rockets um, yes. in, in the Japanese top 14. <laughs> How, how's the season gone there? A bit of a mixed start, sort of won a few, lost a few? Look, you've obviously done your research here, Worm, so I'll take you through it. Uh, yeah, we have had a mixed start. But uh, today, um, we, we, we rolled over one of the more fancied sides. Oh, brilliant. Um, but, that included a couple of butchies, so uh, it was a very good one. <laughs> and uh, why well, I feel very free drinking my Waikato draft there tonight. Yeah, no. well, done. but I mean, you know, how does it rate? Uh, you know, because we, we haven't had a lot of Japanese guests on. I mean, you 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 mentioned earlier. <laughs> I'm honoured. <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you played 80 minutes in sort of plus 30 degree heat. I can imagine with, yes. with the humidity in the high 90s as well. Does that compare to sort of um, a super rugby final or, or, or run us through the physical exor uh, exertion there? Look, my, uh, my comparisons on super rugby finals, I'm actually trying to really pick me while our dog's down, but you know I got beaten by a thousand points at Loftus, so very <laughs> little. Sorry, <laughs> But uh, no, the, the thing about you playing over here, obviously, um, they're allowed so many foreigners on the field and so many cap foreigners on the field. Yeah. Ah. And uh, my team is just myself and Scott Higginbotham. So um, unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, um, <laughs> I'm going 80 minutes. Unless <laughs> I break my leg, I'm going 80 minutes. So 
I've learned to pace myself. I've learned to hold up scrums because I've got a sore neck and I can't pack down and stuff like that just to uh, <laughs> slow the game down when appropriate. <laughs> and um, Beaver, who were some of the South Africans you played against? Uh, Willie Britz was out there today. Uh-huh. Um, young first five, April. Yes, um, Goth, Goth, Goth April. April. Yeah. And, uh, and, Boy Kruger, I think from the Lions, Kruger. Uh, uh, Robert Kruger, yeah, yes, Robert Kruger, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, came on at the end. He was he was quite robust. Mm. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I didn't have to get in the get in front of him too often. <laughs> Beaver, we um just just also back to uh, Loftus now. In the past weekend, I mean, we we're on our fourth season here of the show, and we've been going for about a year now. And last year, obviously, were trouble times for the Springboks and. A couple of weeks ago, we obviously beat the All Blacks in Wellington. I'm not sure if you got that result, um, you know, if, if you were following oh. that. <laughs> I, uh, no, I missed that one. I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> but as a, you know, we are, we Kiwis and South Africans sort of love to hate each other, but there's a great respect out there. I mean, how cool is it seeing the box challenging the All Blacks again and then hopefully sort of putting in a good shift ahead of the World Cup next year? Oh, 100%. Uh, I don't, I've got a good... Some of those young boys at uh, All Blacks, uh, I sort of took a mentorship uh, role that you'd have enjoyed with them. Um, so I look after a couple of the young boys there, and uh, a few of them were a bit down after Wellington, and, and I rang them up and said, mate, it's great that you got to experience that, because when a South African team's firing like that, mm. there's nothing tougher that you're ever going to have to face. Mm. So um, I just think it's great for those boys to have to experience it. And, I mean, they came through the other... The other side of it um, today, which is, uh, you know, I've always said, you know, the South African teams teach you, teach you manhood, teach you character, really. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's great that they're back. Um, obviously, Rusty's turned them around a bit and, and just hope it's uh, here to stay because obviously, I know you've got your difficulties with your economy and uh, <laughs> things like that as far as keeping the guys in the country. And, and, I, and I know it's, it's a lot easier when you're all in the country. You know, so bringing them in from London and France and having to deal with owners and all that sort of rubbish would be would be a nightmare. But uh, it looks like that they're on the right path for uh, next year's World Cup, and uh, it's all happened since they brought back Franny Lowe too. Must have, might I? Add, there you uh, go, mm. good spot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I got uh, Stephen Husband, Morgan, uh, Morgan Yemen here. I'm a little bit starstruck, so if I start to through my question, then um, uh, just, just give me give me uh, have some sympathy. But um, nonetheless. Um, you know, it's nice to speak to, obviously, someone that's been involved in the All Black setup as recently as whatever it was, you know, a year or two ago. But where, I, you know, yes, this All Black, the Springboks are firing on all cylinders at the moment and, and, and the All Blacks, maybe not to, to, you know, maybe they are, maybe they're not, I'm not really sure. But how do the All Blacks keep that intensity towards the World Cup? Because I just feel like if you play that well for so long, I mean... What is the, what more is there really to play for? How do they keep that motivation up? How do they keep that in, you know, it's... I think, uh, I think we're just blessed that uh, everyone knows if you go off the ball in New Zealand, uh, you're going to go out the back door as far as uh, selection goes. So, yeah. Um, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I think now, too, I mean, if you play well for the All Blacks, you stay in the All Blacks. So, I think that's, you know... I mean, super teams might not want to hear it, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, they, the boys, there's some boys who know that the All Black season is their is their season. It's their team, it's their club. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess they can prepare for that. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, I just think there's such depth at the moment in New Zealand, such competition that if you start to slip, 
there's some 21 year old coming through the back door that's uh, more than happy to take your spot on it. Yeah. Beaver, quickly, just back to you. Are you, have you got a few seasons Thanks left in you? At, um, <laughs> have you got a few seasons left in you at the NEC Green Rockets? Um, maybe. I'd like to think so. <laughs> okay. And then, I mean, in between those, obviously, you recently joined the, the very elite um, uh, High Altitude Chiefs 100 Club. Um, yes. So, I mean, is, is there a chance that you'll be going back there for, for Super Rugby? Maybe continue your, continue your mentorship of, of some of the young ABs? Beaver, you, no, always, you even mentor the older guys in the team, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, look, I don't think I don't think there's any danger in me gracing the super fields again. But uh, I mean, if there's uh, if there's one team that I wouldn't be able to say no to, it would be the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, you know, if it, if it rolled around again, who knows? But I, I, I don't think it'll happen. Um, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't mind going a couple more in Japan, um, especially now that I've got a wife who spends more money than I can make. So <laughs> um, I need to keep going. <laughs> Hang in <laughs> you, um, you mentioned um, earlier um, about having the rampaging Springboks and all that kind of jazz. And in all your years of Super Rugby, your 100 games and your, and your 20-odd tests for the All Blacks, is there any rampaging South African that scared the living daylights out of you? Skulk Berger maybe coming down the short side and you having to tackle him? Because I know Worms has got a great story from Sione Luaki, uh, the late Sione Luaki. Worm, I think he ran over Worms on his debut for the Lions, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. I'd have been sending him at yeah. I'd have, I'd have from the defence line and said, "Go there." <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, I, over the years I was lucky enough to have a few beers with uh, Scott along the way, so I never was that intimidated there. But uh, to be fair, the 2009 Bulls, um, you could have wrapped them up and mm. uh, given anyone a heart attack when you when you thought you'd seen <laughs> off uh, Victor and Bucky, so they'd roll out Danny Rousseau. And, uh, <laughs> It just used to tear, you know, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, they, when they used to roll out, I was gone before they ran out the tunnel and they <laughs> would emerge with that prong going mad and they would just charge out at 100 miles a day. But yeah, I think I think that era, that sort of 2009 Bulls team, which flowed into the 2009 Springboks team, you know, it's hands down the, the toughest rugby I've ever had. You know, mm. that was the year that... Uh, DC did his Achilles, so I started all the games for the All Blacks, and we had back to back in Bloom and then um, at Kings Park, and uh, yeah, we lost both of them. And just the toughest examination of your, uh, as I said, of your manhood, really, when you're uh, having to work out what ground you're going to dive under when uh, Bucky's or uh, anyone else was rampaging at you in space and all that. So it was, uh, it was a fairly tough old forward pack to look at. <laughs> and Viva, tell me your, your time abroad, you played at Bath. Um, yes. You were there, what, for a season and a half? I think you, it didn't quite work out as you, as you planned. Um, when exactly was that again? Sorry. <laughs> the cheeky yeah, grin. Depends who you talk to about how it worked out or not. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> it it works out pretty uh, perfectly. I think Gary Gold took you over, is that right? When Gary was the coach? He took, he took us in our second stint. Uh-huh. Uh, so I went there straight after the World Cup in 2011. Uh-huh. Um, and had the back end of that season, so about seven or eight months there, and then and then the full year under Gary uh, the, the following year. So, yeah, Bath, Bath to me, um, how am I going to word this word? Um, <laughs> you know, I'd, I, had, I had a great time there. Obviously, yeah. um, made lifetime friends with a, 
to a couple of butchies and, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, it was just a different way of life for me, mm. the rugby side of things up there, you know, it was the first time in life that I wasn't playing for a team that I dreamt of playing for and um, it became a job, you know, we, mm. we walked into Farley House at uh, 7.30 in the morning and we hung around there doing what, I don't know, until about <laughs> five, so... Yeah. Um, it felt like I was, uh, I don't know, I just, I just felt trapped there for 18 months really, but uh, once I worked out the footy wasn't going to be enjoyable, I uh, made the most of everything else, so um, that's probably why the footy was quite a bit average too, but uh, no, I mean, it was just a different way of life, and you know, like, as Southern Hemisphere people, can't feel your toes and your boots, you get to be demotivated, and uh, yeah, I, I struggled there to be honest, and uh, I have no ambition to go back. Yeah, I think I think that's the danger, isn't it, with some of these youngsters that, that get these opportunities now that sort of yeah. flash a few pounds at them and they think it's the right thing. I mean, if a youngster came to you and said, right, Beaver, I've got this opportunity, would you warn them against it or would you just give them the potential pitfalls that they're facing playing in Europe? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd, himself, I'd isn't it? And, and, I'd, and I'd ask, do you still want to be an All Black? And do you still have a dream to be an All Black? If you still do, then... Don't go. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So, um, you know, Europe's great. Like, I know everybody has different experiences. Mm. Um, I still wouldn't change it. Like, as I say, I had a great time with some great people. But, uh, yeah, the footy, was, the footy was a slog. I mean, yeah, tough old time. Now, is that where you met Worms? Is that where you guys met playing for the Barbars? Is that right, Worms? No, that was in 2010 first. Oh, and okay, we were playing okay. against the box. Beaver came off tour. Um, yeah, was actually—I mean, the, the other plus side of your time at Bath, Beaver, was you picked up another three Barbars caps, which is a couple, which is one more than me. I mean, so you—you, you, you, there were a lot of positives out of your time at Bath, surely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> obviously, the bar, the, I don't know how far we go into the Barbars no, no. careers, but um, obviously, Worms wants me to highlight the fact that. Uh, on our debut for the Barbers, Worms was man of the match against the mighty Springboks. And, uh, <laughs> that's, that's he he came to me that night and said, look, I don't know about you, but I think I've just started my Springbok career. But I'm still <laughs> Editing <laughs> that straight out. <laughs> Editing oh, that this straight is the out. Kind of, this is the kind of ammo we need. Beaver. Beaver, we, we but, need. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The Barbers was great. And how bad is Worms in a fines meeting, really, we, Beaver? Is he, is he really that bad? Slow drinker, Holy shit. bad chat. I mean, give it, give it all to us, Beaver. No, look, uh, <laughs> there's a reason I make friends with some people, and uh, it's got a lot to do with the social side of rugby. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Beaver, just quick one. I think um, we just about to let you go, but also you, you must be one of the few rugby players in the world, in the history of the game, actually, that has a blockbuster movie made about his story, <laughs> as well as a book written, written about it. I mean, that's, that's a special accolade. Yeah. You're, 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 um, you're, I, one day when you're I doing after dinner speaking. <laughs> Sorry? I appreciate the blockbuster tag you gave. <laughs> and is that, is that story 100% true, Beaver? So you were gone fishing, no phone, and you got a call, come back. Yeah, actually, I mean, is, it, is that, is please run us through that. That's not just folklore, it's 100% correct, is it? Yeah, no, it's, uh, well, yeah, it was, I was down white baiting, which is it's sort of, it's a netting of fishing of, yeah. a, of a small delicacy in New Zealand. And uh, we were a part of the river that was, um, there was no phone reception and stuff. And uh, I knew that they were looking for, a, I knew that that day would be the day if it happens. 
I'd get caught, but I'd lost sort of, I'd lost sort of uh, all hope to be fair. Mm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was our reception, and then my mate was telling me who was down the river further. He said, "You sure they haven't called because <laughs> they're saying on the radio that they've got their replacement sorted." And I was like, "Oh well, it's not me." <laughs> and uh, and then once we got back to the boat ramp, uh, had a few missed calls from a random number. Um, I never saved Graham Henry's number just in case <laughs> you made a bloody uh, bad call on your uh, on the beers or something. And then uh, obviously uh, my great mate Mills, well, you know, rang me a couple of times, and then he said that uh, you want to bring Ted and Graham Henry, and I was like, a bit awkward ringing him, isn't it? But uh, <laughs> saying what do you, what do you want me for? But uh, yeah, so I ended up ringing him because he couldn't get a hold of me. So I rang up the old uh, the boss and said, "Can I come back in?" And the least they could have done was give you a jersey that fitted you. I mean, really. Yeah, look, it's probably my own doing that situation. <laughs> I mean, I think the, the memory of that. downtime was good. The memory of him kicking the match-winning penalty in the final, all he's worried about is getting that jersey around, the, around just getting it over the gut there. Too small. <laughs> it was too way small. too small, way too small. Yeah, that's what I thought. And what have you done with that jersey? Have you kept it? Uh, yep, yep, yeah, I've kept it for the last however many years it's been. I've been meaning to get it all sorted and framed, but uh, yeah, it's still just sitting in a sitting in the drawer that's at the altar. Yeah. Oh, amazing, eh? That's amazing. That's crazy. Epic Beaver, I think we're going to let you go before we get on to stories about the Dubliner and, and, and that sort of stuff. I was, was going to say, is my payment next time I'm in Cape Town a bar tab at that place with the green drinks? Or for sure, yeah, for right? sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 The green drinks, is he talking about it? Yeah. Talking about it. Can keep saying it. Oh, wow. <laughs> you better make sure I'm allowed back in. <laughs> we'll see if you be allowed back in. <laughs> Sheepers. Yeah, on behalf of Late Tackle, thanks so much for joining us. Eh? All the best for the rest of the season and good luck with the NEC Green Rockets and the Waikato Draft. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Yo, Getting his buffaloes right what now. What a, what a, what a champ. Eh? Let me leave the, the middle here, boys. No, absolute champ. Eh? Absolute champ. I told you. That's the one thing about the New Zealanders or sport in general is, mm. for me, he looks like such a serious oak. I mean, and I don't know him from a bar of soap, so mm. I only see him for yeah. any minutes on the field. Mm. And that is chalk and cheese between what you see on the field and what you see away from the game. It's literally chalk and cheese. And I was lucky enough to meet Nanu along the way and, you know, Sorelli introduced me to a lot of All Blacks and, and Richie McCaw and all these guys. And it's like, just so different to what... Listen, he was the most hated man in New Zealand, eh? Hey? 2009, he missed a penalty in a Bledisloe game. Uh, Australia beat them, I think it was in Tokyo or Singapore, wherever. Yeah, missed a touch kick. Yeah. Missed a touch kick, pardon, yeah. missed a touch kick. The most hated man. In yeah. Hong Kong, I think. In Hong Kong. Missed a touch kick and they scored, the Wallabies scored. James O'Connor. Didn't play again for a year and a half and then got that call to go and play in the World Cup final. That's not entirely true, huh? You were close, yeah. Close. Pretty, no, he got dropped soon after that 09, eh? Then he got dropped, but then he was on the 2010 tour. Like, he did play again, but he... For the All Blacks. Yeah, yeah, he fell a bit down. But it was just falling uh, out of a pick in the way. in the ranking. Yeah, he was yeah, very yeah. much number two then. He hardly featured. He was. Yeah. Gee, I think Colin Slade was ahead of him at one yeah. stage. There was a whole bunch of guys ahead of him. Imagine that. I mean, that is that story of him fishing and then. That's no, it's crazy. Absolutely yeah. classic. Sometimes yeah, you don't know. Unbelievably, an, a, a great character of the game, about over and above being a, an incredible player. I mean, yeah, very good. You, know, you mentioned two thousand and nine there. Because they didn't win, you, you, it's often to forget how good they were, but there was the Chiefs. And yeah, I know because mm. they used to 
smash the South African teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. except for the Bulls in that sort of 2006, 7, 8, 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time I played in against Super Rugby, and he was the 10. Mm-hmm. I played against him in a Chiefs backline that was unbelievable. I'm talking Sivivatu, Richard Kahui, uh, Mills, yeah. at the, Mills at the yeah, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Byron Keller at Scrum Off, I think uh, I speak under yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and that was followed a, by Brendan Leonard. And yeah, then, um, the, 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 the wing wingers was, were Sivivatu and, um, and um, another... Oh, also yeah, the name escapes guy. me for now. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, yeah. that back line ran rings around us and he was literally just a general like you've never seen. I was at that final at Loftus in 09 and they scored first. The Chiefs scored first, yeah, like in the right, first sort right, of two yeah, minutes, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then the Bulls just came and hit them with 60-odd yeah. points. But it was an absolute, absolute feature. That's crazy. We, uh, we really need to... Um, that story told about Bauer's tweet is not true, eh? Try to defend yourself. No, in the words. I did see it at midnight, but it's not what I see. No, we're talking about your man. Didn't you put your man in the match fees behind the bar, Worms? Probably. I think it's very important that we like get those characters out because I literally I saw a different side that okay that I played against actually. Thought he was such a serious. So boys, now curry cup. There was no curry cup this past weekend. There was a bit of Pro 14. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Kings and the Cheetahs lost on the road yet again. A little bit. The Cheetahs actually had a chance of beating. Not sure, I think Edinburgh. I think they ran them close-ish, yeah. but ended up losing. Um, the ring is promising, eh? Yeah, Rebs, uh, Sibanesh. Not Rebs. Yeah. Rebs, yeah. Um, the Curry Cup's back now, so there was no Curry Cup this past weekend. So the cool thing now is we're going to see the Notches, Wilco Lowe's. What um, is the ruling around Springboks being able to play Curry Cup? So the guys that aren't contracted will go back. So the Notches, Damien Willems, Ambrose Papir. Irrespective of the amount of games they've played. Irrespective. Irrespective, but to be fair, a lot of those guys haven't played a lot of rugby. You know, Wilco Lowe, he wasn't part of the 23 this past weekend. Uh, a guy like Damien Dalenda, I don't know, he's contracted, but they might want him to play. I, I highly doubt it. But like Aruan Nell will go back to the Curry Cup team now for, um, so what, we've got two weeks left, I think, if I'm not mistaken, of no, um, round one, one more week of round robin action. So Province going to the Bulls need one point from that game to get a home semi. Oh, pardon me. Oh, I thought they'd be a short of a home final, sorry. Oh, I was about to say, I thought this could have semi already. So it'll be interesting. If problems get a home final, what they do with the ticket prices. I was talking to you about that, Worms, before the show started. The Curry Cup is obviously a big payday, you know, if you're hosting it, but they mustn't get too greedy. I mean, you think about this past weekend, 950 rand a ticket to go watch the box, it was sold out. Imagine if you're a guy with kids and a wife taking four people to the game, including yourself, that's four grand before you've had a hot dog and a Coke and a beer. Um, so hopefully, you, know, you can't. So hopefully, the Curry Cup final they don't overprice it too much because I think it's. But that's where we need to. Remember, we spoke about this, I mean, many episodes ago. Is where the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff is so good. Is that there's so much more entertainment, you know? Yeah. A 9:50. Uh, then we got to play for an unbelievable rugby. Yeah. We've got to offer halftime. Good, yeah. you know. And the it's list be goes, a whole experience. Yeah, we've got to be. It's got to be a YouTube whole day performing experience. at halftime or something. Huh? You know what I mean? But I mean, <laughs> rocking up there and just watching 80 minutes of rugby and uh, your team doesn't have to perform, then you waste the money. Yeah, absolutely, boys. So let's run through these curry cup predictions. Um, Friday, Pumas against the Lions in Nelspruit. Lions. Got to see the Lions there. Hey? Yeah. Crickwa uh, Sharks, Kimberley. Sharks. Got to see the Sharks. And then Province against the Bulls. Um, as I said, the Province need that one point to be assured to be assured to have the right of a home final. Um, Bulls in a bit of disarray, I would think. I'd love to see who the Bulls get back and what kind of impact they make. Yeah. Off. Yeah, so they'll they'll get a fun start and back. Uh, Ambrose Papier. Ambrose Papier. So not a Pollard. But they'll, they'll definitely yeah, get one or two guys back. could potentially really... Listen, so Province will probably get Bongi, because Bongi hasn't played a lot. So Bongi, Wilco, Noche, Damien Willemse. I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah, quite, it's, a, it's quite a bunch of players to you get You know, back. I, I find it, it's funny, but I think a team that's underperforming generally wants their Springboks back. 
mm. a team that's performing, yeah. but sometimes to the detriment. You know, these upsets the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. these Ambrose Papier, all of them go back. They come from the box. They're excited. They, they have an influence. This province side is already winning, mm. and with no disrespect to the guys coming back, because I think they obviously they're the mm. best in the, in the country. But it's, it's sometimes a break in rhythm. You know, Scarra has been a leader there. Yeah. And, yeah. But luckily, these guys have all played a bit of curry cup so far. Yeah, exactly. So, like so two weeks ago, I think they're yeah. all going to play against It again players. comes back to the fact of having a management team that's been focused on the curry cup right from the get go. Yeah. So they've been mm. building and prepping. All these guys are completely, you know, they know the systems. They know the vibe that's being brought. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Windows, yeah, it's interesting to see. I wonder if Damien and all that, yeah. I doubt, uh, I don't think Dalinda will get game time, but you never know because he's had a bit of a layoff. Or yeah, actually, only missed one week, one you know. Week, so, yeah. And he probably needs a bit of a break, I guess, because his shoulder was a bit of an issue. All right, boys, so we've hopefully got something exciting planned for next week's final show. Yeah. Um, we've, we're going to maybe try and get some past guests back on or sending messages or something we'll see what we can put together yep. hopefully planning quite a nice guest not confirmed yet but we'll get that out to our, to our listeners and our viewers but thanks again for joining this Shot. week boys Worms, thanks for organizing oh, Beaver Cheers. Yeah, he, um, was, he was class he was great value Morgs thanks for showing up uh, lovely to see Egan's jersey over there yeah, thank finally you after all these weeks um, to everybody out there guys thanks very much for, for tuning in for listening for downloading the podcast of course you can watch us on Rugby365 and Rugby Pass thanks to Clocks and Sons Striped Horse and also one for the road. We'll catch you guys next week for our final show. Thanks for all your support thus far.